Shall we? We shall. Um, it's been a minute, so I feel like <laughs> it's been it's been two over two weeks since we recorded an episode. About- no, it's not. Oh, about Central Kapama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Kristen, we just recorded one last week for Bayanlish. Yeah. But it's been over because we recorded Central Kapama for really early. Yes. So I'm like, gosh, we haven't talked about this show in a while. Um, yeah. And we do, we did get a few, um, messages slash emails, but some of the content, I, I think I'll read them at the end. Cause it has to do with like the episode we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. So they might, I think it might be a little easier to read them at the end, but I did want to share them because they had some good insight mm, okay. Um, okay, and predictions and a couple things I hadn't thought about myself. So, um, I was like, oh, all right, well, these are, these are worth sharing. Okay. So anyways, um, and we had one very enthusiastic listener message us asking when the episode would be out on Twitter earlier. And I was like, I promise it'll be out before the new episode airs. You guys are so funny. It just cracks me up that people like want to hear us to the point where they're actually like, Hey, where's the episode? I mean, it's very flattering. It's very flattering. Yes. It's just it's still a weird phenomenon that's like, oh, you want you want to hear our I know. voices drone it's, on every week? Okay. No, it's super weird. That's very, that's very strange to me. It is. It but is. I appreciate it. We do too. It's very it's very flattering, but it's also very humbling. So mm-hmm. anyhow, um, we do have since this feels like old news because I literally did this like right after episode four aired. But, um, if you haven't seen on our social media, we do have a new merch logo. I wanted to talk about because the famous, uh, my famous favorite jealousy scene thus far. And I think most people's has been the pool less or the swimming lessons with Ada and, uh, Serkan and the swim instructor. And as you know, he basically demanded for safety to drain the pool because he wanted the lessons to end as soon as they started because he realized the mistake he made in not being the one to teach her. So we have a drain the pool logo, uh, that I put up in the Zazzle store. So we have links to the Zazzle store in our episode notes. And I believe I have direct links, um, on Twitter to the, to the items that have that logo on it and maybe Instagram, but you can just find our general store in the episode notes. So if you guys want your very own drain the pool, Saracon face on a mug hmm. or a shirt or a tote, uh, go check that out. Um, other than that, um, like I said, we did get a few messages, but I'll read those towards the end. Um, just because I think they'll, it'll just be better with the, um, since it's con since it's content about this episode. Okay. Sorry, you guys, I'm very out of breath. <laughs> I feel like I just ran a marathon. Um, I did not. So anyways, uh, unless you have anything, we can dive right in. I don't think so. Okay. So the hashtag for volume five this week was Ak Deniz De Ashk, which means love in the Mediterranean. Mm. And uh, as we know, this episode was filmed mostly in Antalya, mm-hmm. and, at least for the main characters. And um, yeah, we pick up right where we left off. So I, I personally felt like the first like hour of this kind of moved slowly. I feel like they saved all the, 
like meat and the um, action for the end. So I don't know if I was just really, really overly excited because it had been two weeks and maybe like set myself up for a little bit of, I don't want to say disappointment, but kind of just at the beginning because it felt like not much was happening. Well, Um, and every episode can't be a blockbuster because that's just not how story development works. And 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 this is, I'm actually going to have a couple criticisms (laughs) for this episode. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I, uh, I think especially in comparison with episode four, episode four felt like I just wanted to keep watching forever. Mm -hmm. And it was such a good episode that, yeah, I could see the beginning of this episode felt a little on the slow side in comparison. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I am no professional. I would not know how to edit an episode of anything or a movie, but some of the editing felt even a little bit like choppy. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you yeah. know, that happened in EK while we were covering EK. Um, so, you know, it's bound to happen. They're making a full length feature film every single week. So right. we're by no means like trying to um, dig anyone. Just, you know, this just four is still my favorite episode so far. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> every episode won't be a slam dunk for any yeah. show. So, right. All right. So we start off and... Um, we kind of do a little flashback to Celine finding the engagement contract and her and Edda get into a little bit of a scuffle with it and um, they fight over it. And Edda thankfully rips off the bottom half mm-hmm. and Celine only ends up with the top half. So you can only see a little bit. One interesting thing though, and I didn't go back to check my sources. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that the whole two month, the article about this only being for two months was Mm -hmm. not near the top of the contract because Mm -hmm. it seems like all of the other qualifications about the funny thing about chocolate and Mm -hmm. you'll be available whenever I want you to be available. All of that seemed to be apparently with this copy at the very top of the contract. And Mm -hmm. I thought, but I could be remembering wrong I thought that the amount of time that they were going to be fake fakely engaged (laughs) um was right at the top about the whole two month Mm. time period so I don't know if that's uh, a mistake or if if maybe I'm remembering incorrectly no that's interesting because the the show did release like their engagement contract I think before the show even started um, so it'd be interesting to look at what print release they sh- shared versus what was actually found by Celine. Right. Cause you um, don't get I, too much of a close up on the actual paper. No, just mm-hmm. that it's a torn chunk from the top with very few details. Mm-hmm. Um, now what's funny to me is that the very, very obvious thing here would have been to just say, it's a prenuptial contract with like a few fun things for us because, yes. you know, having the whole chocolate thing there obviously was like a cute little, I mean, Edda did it to annoy him, right. but from the outside looking in, not thinking this is fake, you'd be like, that's so sweet. Like she put in there that he has to like buy her chocolate all the time, which well, that's, yes, I, that's how Farid takes it. He's yeah. like, I would love to have something like that with Celine. You know, I will say, I know you didn't watch it live. Um, mm-hmm. 
I did. And I will tell you, this is one particular part of the plot where subtitles really did make all the difference. Oh. Because the second Farid takes pictures, I was like ready to throw him off a cliff mm. without subs. And then the fact that later on he's on the phone with Khan and then sends him the picture. I was like, oh no, this dude, he, I'm done. Like throw him off a cliff. He and Saline deserve each other. Like I was like over it clearly with the subs. It's just more that he's being clueless. Like, you know, he thought it was cute, which I didn't really garner that from the live watch, but yes, Mm -hmm. he thought it was very cute where he's like, if Celine had actually asked to do something like this, I would just die of it because it's so sweet. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So, but the, as soon as he took that photo, I was like, okay, like whether you thought it was sweet or not, they made this very clear that this was something private between them. Like, what are you doing? Taking a photo of it, even if it's something you think is cute and entertaining, like, well, and Edda gets really upset and Mm -hmm. he follows after her and apologizes because their personal business has been found out by all these people who wouldn't necessarily have been privy to it if it were their own choice. But because Celine was being a little snoop, now everybody knows. So he goes and he, you know, apologizes. But I, you're right. It was an overstep to Mm -hmm. take a picture of it, whether or not he had good intentions intentions or bad intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So while he's doing that, he does that. Nobody sees him Mm -hmm. because Celine and Sarkhan are talking at this point. And I just thought this was one of the most ironic conversations because he is sitting here telling her like, you know, um, that he knows that she basically brought Ferit on to the, um, holding mm-hmm. as an employee just to grate on him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, not everything is about you, Sarkon. And I'm like, except this action was entirely about him. And you're yeah. acting all offended that like, he basically figured you out. Yeah. You know? So I was just like, oh, the irony that you're trying to convince that, convince him that this isn't all about him, but you did this exactly for his non-benefit you know yeah yeah their interactions are interesting because he supposedly wants her back but he's very uh what's the word antagonistic towards her Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to edda so Mm -hmm. like he tells her fairy can't be in the company and she's like well too late for that everybody signed and he's in the company and then he tells her oh i'd expect something smarter from you Mm-hmm. as I mean he's really basically insulting her right and, and, but then she throws it right back she's like oh like a prenup with your fiance yeah. so it's you know they're they're having this kind of antagonistic relationship and as the viewer clearly you're not going to want them to end up together that's the whole point right <laughs> so it's just stuff like this is always funny and it's always entertaining when you see the couple who's supposed to be together quote or the you know in in their eyes mm-hmm. they should be together and they're more suited or in his parents eyes they're more suited or in pearl's eyes they're more suited but realistically they wouldn't be good for each other they didn't have that great of a relationship anyway right so but sir Khan with his 
robot brain. He th- thinks that Selene is a better choice for him because no feelings. <laughs> no feelings. Well, and you know what's funny though? Again, it it's a little murky really what his end goal is other than just breaking her and uh, Ferry up because he thinks Ferry will be bad for business because of his relationship with Khan. Oh, that's true. Because, you know, and we talked about this in previous episodes, like, he never directly answers when anyone asks or insinuates that he still loves Celine, if he cares for her at all. Yeah, or that's right. Right r- directly, if he wants her back. The most direct thing he's answered is when Edda asks him, "What attributes does she have that you like about her?" That's true, and that doesn't necessarily mean you want someone just because they have, you know, characteristics that you like or respect or appreciate. So. That's what's ironic is like the implication is he wants her back because he's trying to break her and her fiance up, but he's never actually said those words. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think at this point, even if he doesn't realize his feelings for Edda or the fact that she's good for him because she actually, she doesn't, she hasn't changed him like everyone thinks. She's actually bringing out a part of him that's been dormant for a very long time. Right. According according to Safi. Mm-hmm. Um, who's known him a long time. So as far as we know, he's a reliable source. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where it's kind of like, okay, I'm sort of losing the focus on like tearing them apart. Like just because it's pretty clear he doesn't want her back to me at this point. So I feel like it needs to be made clear that he's like, okay, no, I just want them apart because he's bad for business or I want them apart because I want her. Like, hmm. Yeah. We Which need some course. sort of clarification. Yeah, just some clarity. Yeah. Um, so everyone winds up, you know, leaving. They kind of filter out after this. And yeah. it, it there's kind of some tension between Edda and Sarkhan now because, mm-hmm. you know, they had a pretty good evening up to that point, you know, the cooking and all that stuff. And, but obviously this has caused some trouble. And she's like, what? This is all my fault, right? Yeah. You know, because basically like that, she forgot to tell him like, hey, uh, uh, Sirius dragged the contract in and I just set it down because I didn't know where you wanted it. Right. And, you know, and he's like, well, basically like he kind of blames on her like, well, you're kind of the reason we're in this situation. And she's like, well, you're the reason I lost my scholarship. And I'm, and I'm kind of like, okay, at the time to grow a little, like, I know it sucks and I know that your scholarship basically kind of screwed things up, but it can't be the, um, the crutch for every single thing that has gone wrong in your life. Like the loss of the scholarship didn't cause you to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, impulsive and walk up on stage in the middle of a press conference and make out with a guy you barely know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and at this point they're in this. So for either of them to be like, well, it's your fault because of this. Well, it's your fault because of this. It's totally irrelevant because it is. it's too late, you guys. You got to just... Yeah, and you both had faults in this. Like, you exactly. now you both have faults in this that you're both the reason why you're in this ridiculous agreement. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a little confrontation right there. And then he's like, I'll drive you home. <laughs> I so- love that he's drive her home though I know I know me too and so he drives her home and he tells her she needs to pack because they're going to Antalya in the morning and of course she asks why 
And he's like, don't ask. <laughs> like, okay, you're making her get on an airplane and go to this place. Sorry, Sarkhan. She gets to ask what the heck is going on. He just wants blind obedience. He doesn't want a girl who will question anything. I know. <laughs> so uh, she's like, I'm asking as an employee, not as your fake fiance. Like, if you at least have have the um, what decency else? to tell. Yes. Yeah. Or the, not requirement, but you mm-hmm. know what I mean. To tell, yeah. to tell an employee Right. I'm sure on a business trip. (laughs) Right. Like I'm sure Angian and Celine and Puderil all know why they're going to Antalya. So she deserves to know too. Right. So we find out that he's got meetings. They need this big contract signed. The one that she, the meeting that she was in originally because of the handcuffs. Um, Plus he's going to accept an award for some sort of architectural award in Turkey. So go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, and I love how she points out like, oh, you don't seem like someone who would want all that attention and an award. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, and then she's like, and here I thought maybe you were being a nice boss and planning like a retreat for your employees, but I forgot vacation's not in your vocabulary. And I yes. love how she's like, am I allowed to bring a swimsuit? Is swimming allowed while we're there? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, uh, this now we kind of switch over to Celine and Ferry, and they are um, on their way home. And this is kind of the start of their fighting, and they are fighting pretty much the entire episode because of Celine's um, obsession with Serkan. Right. Well, and I love that he grows a spine this episode and yes. he's just flat out calling it out now like, he's over it yeah and who can blame him like he adores her which he does say at some point like he literally says like you have a fiance who adores you and like madly in love with you yeah but your main concern is always Serkan. and you know he even asks at one point like if that's the only reason that she brought him into working at the holding like right you know, so I know stuff like relationships. Well, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Why? Because we, we, we just started. <laughs> I, I guess I'll just say this, you know, I don't, I don't think it's fair to either person in a relationship if one or the other is not if the feelings are not matched equally, I feel like that's not fair to either person. So if Celine is still in love with Serkan, then she's not just being unfair to Ferit. She's also being unfair to herself because Mm -hmm. she won't ever be happy with Ferit. And because she's still pining away for somebody else, Ferit won't be happy because he's with this woman who isn't fully committed and maybe technically yes they're engaged they'll be married they'll be living together they'll be spending their lives together but emotionally and mentally if she's not 100% fully invested in their relationship it's it's not fair right yeah I totally agree um I it's funny because I kind of I wrote it down at some point but I'll just say it now since we're talking about fairy, I'm like, you know who he would be great with? Melo. They like, would, she 
would, did we, I don't remember, maybe we said this last episode. I feel like it's been so long, but she would just like eat up his sweetness. Oh my and gosh. She, she totally would, would pay it and she would pay it back in dividends because she, not even because she feels like she owes it to him. Like she would just naturally do that. Yeah. So if Khan really is just fully a bad guy, cause you know, I'm holding out for him to like fall for her and be like, my, you know, my thirst for revenge, like is nothing compared to the fact that I love you and I'm sorry I used you. And you know, that whole thing. Now I keep uh, looking for little signs that uh-huh. he's like <laughs> calling for he's her. catching feelings. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> yes. I'm holding out hope that he's not fully villainous. Um, but if he really is just a terrible guy who is just going to get cast aside once he's caught, then I would be all for a very like dumping Celine in like a super embarrassing way. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like he meets Melo somehow, you know, they're bound, right. to, they're bound to interact because they have people in common and like those two just fall for each other. So, yeah. Yeah. I just don't want Melo to get hurt. Me either. Very, I don't care as much about, but, but Melo, Melo. Oh, I'm way, yeah, well, I'm hey, way more interested in her happiness. Well, we were talking about sweet baby angels in the group, and <laughs> I was like, why can't we have two? Because yeah. uh, I think Krisha said that Engin is the sweet baby angel of uh, Senchal Kapama. He kind of is. But, oh, don't let Moran hear you say that, because, <laughs> because she Erdem says Erdem is a sweet baby angel. And I said, why can't we have two? Mm-hmm. And then Hannah said, yes, I would also like to add Melo to the list of sweet baby angels on the show. Three and sweet baby angels. That's right. We can have as many sweet baby angels as we want. I agree. I mean, it's our title for them. So we can hand that out to as many or as little people as we want. Exactly. So anyway, um, yeah. it's the next day. Um, and we get the first meeting with, is it Birol? Birol Bay? Yes. Talk about that for a minute and then I have something to say about it. Okay. So, um, Sarkhan and Birol have their first little meeting and this is kind of where we get the backstory of this whole deal. So apparently this whole project was first started in London and it's something that has been in development for a really long time. And not only has it been in development with Serkan and Birobe, but Birobe's wife is another partner in this whole situation. So um, there, that's kind of one of the big things about this Antalya trip. They need him to sign it. They need Birobe to sign it. They also need his wife to sign it. The land has already been purchased mm-hmm. and the signature is one of the final things they need in order to actually break ground and start this whole project. So it's right. a big deal. But at this meeting, we get a little hint from Birobe that all is not well in paradise with he and his wife. Right. Yes. This is where I, this is when um, I texted our Turkish teacher and I said, Hey, I read, I totally recognized um, wording that he used before there were subtitles because he describes the state of their marriage as shoyle boyle, which Uh is like so. So, and we had like just learned that the week before. So I was like really proud of myself for, mm-hmm. for picking up on that. Um, so as now, as they were talking about like how hard they had worked in London and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bitterol Bay had said at one point, you know, I know you have a flight to catch really soon. You've been, you know, you're going to be up all night. 
And he's like, but I also recall like you hardly sleeping when we were in London as well. And it's funny because before this episode even aired, I tweeted that like my big hope for this episode was that there would only be one bed in the hotel room, which there was, but it didn't go how I thought. No. Um, But that once he had like slept in her proximity, that he wouldn't be able to sleep without her. Without her. Yes. So I thought it was funny because there's a few different times that it's pointed out that he doesn't sleep very well or very much. Mm. So um, anyway, that's a good catch. That's all I wanted to point out for that. Yeah. So no, that's a really good catch. Um, so then we switch over. Edda and Celine are both packing in their, you know, respective homes. Mm-hmm. And um when they all arrive at the hotel, like, you know, they arrive in pairs, Engin and Engin and Puril um mm-hmm. arrive together. Celine, aka Princess Jasmine, I called her at this point. And uh Ferit arrive, and then so do uh Sarkon and Edda. So when they all arrive, of course, Edda's like super casual, you know, comfy. Although I felt like Pearl pretty much matched her too. She looked pretty comfy casual. Yeah. I, I don't but know. The, I just but, loved what Edda said. Yes. Because they kind of give her an up and down, you know, they give her a, like a full body check, like in a judgy way. Yeah. And she basically, she says, I'm not used to dressing like you. I never will be. This is who I am. Yep. And I just love it. Like, cause she knew what they were doing. Like she knew exactly what they were doing and implying with their looks. Yeah. And she's just basically saying like, I'm comfortable with who I am and what I wear and how I am like, and that's just how it's going to be. Yep. So I love it. Um, of course, Sarah Khan's like, all right, we're all here. Let's start with a meeting. He wants to get like down to work. Um, is it Ferry who says like, oh, I thought we would maybe take a break for a few before we like start doing all this? Yeah, or he, or it might have even been Angin because Angin is like, why do we? Angin's all for it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, can't we take at least a little bit of a holiday here? <laughs> why does yeah. it have to be all work and no play? So, although whether it was Angin or Ferry, Ferry, it's clearly in that boat too. Like, of, oh yeah, I thought we could relax because when they all go off, um. Sarkhan's like, Celine, are you coming? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, I'm coming. And she tells Ferry, like, I'm going with Sarkhan. You know, and it's like, good grief, woman. Yeah. Like, do you want to lose this guy? I mean, granted, I know they're there for work. So I'm not saying, like, she should just completely ditch work because her fiance is feeling um, insecure. But he has reasons for feeling insecure. He's not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they have been over all of that stuff over and mm-hmm. over again. So realistically did they actually need to work immediately mm-hmm. when they got there so no. she she probably could have pushed back a little bit more than she Agreed. actually did which was not at all right <laughs> um and so do you Con- love what, go no ahead. go ahead do you love what edda tells sarah because Celine, when she catches up is like do you need me to write your speech for you because she's the pr person so it would make sense he's like no i'm just gonna wing it basically when i'm up there and edda's like don't forget to thank me and he's like <laughs> And she's like, you know, a lot of men like to, you know, thank the loves of their life when they're um, awarded for something for their support. And he's like, oh, but I thank you for every moment of my life. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. Like <laughs> when they're faking being all lovey-dovey, it's so uh-huh. funny. <laughs> it is the best. 
it's the best. So then go ahead. Talk about Khan. Yeah. So Khan calls Farid and he's like, hey, how's it going? And Farid's like, well, anywhere Sarkhan is, you know that I'm not having fun. <laughs> uh, so Farid thinks that Sarkhan is obsessed with Edda and he's kind of telling Khan this and he mm-hmm. thinks it's hilarious and he just can't believe the contract and so Khan is like, no way, you're, there's, I don't believe this. If there's a contract, you've got to send me a picture. And Farid is like, okay, I have a picture because I just thought it was so hilarious. So I'll send it to you right now. Right. And again, okay, I know he's your friend mm-hmm. and I know you might not have had ill intentions, but if I had something like, yeah, just no, like well, it was already clear that it was a private thing. You already know there's some bad blood between your friend and this person and you're sending something private of his to that person. Like you're not that naive. Sorry. Well, yes, exactly. Plus we know from, if nothing else, from just the start of this episode that fairy is not Sarkhan's biggest fan. So, mm-hmm. and so a, is that and B, we know that Fairy knows their history between Khan and, and Sarkhan. Maybe not everything, but he at least knows that there's bad blood between the two of them. Right. So him sending that over couldn't be 100% innocent, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So it was that or just the easiest way to make sure Khan got access to that contract, like right. as far as the plot. Um, so that felt a little weak to me as far as like, okay, he couldn't have, Khan has people everywhere. He could not have possibly like gotten that information anywhere else other than his friend playing dumb and being like, oh, you think it's cute and want to see it to laugh too? Okay, here you go. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so then I wrote Engen and Peril. I don't know that I love this question mark. Yeah. I, I, I do here. Here's what I do love. I love that he's attempting to like unwind her mm-hmm. because she's very tightly wound and gets stressed very easily with work stuff. She's very Duran in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. so I am not against him being like, Hey, can you be like a human for a while? Can we like smile and have fun? <laughs> I just, I couldn't quite tell, like, are we trying to make it that? Are we trying to make a thing between them? Because Melise hasn't been on set. Melise plays Duran. Mm-hmm. So part of me, wondering like I wonder if she has stuff going on where she's not going to be able to be around all the time for maybe a story to develop between them sure so maybe like what was kind of started with the whole oh I'll be your first guy friend whatever Mm -hmm. um maybe that won't really grow into much and so now maybe we're gonna make Peril and Ingen a thing I I just couldn't I don't know how I felt about this I just other than initially I'm like yeah I don't really love this yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, we had that little snippet of Perot obviously being jealous when mm-hmm. Engin and Duran were talking at the engagement party. So it's not like this was out of nowhere because we had at least a vague indication that maybe there's some history there. Right. Uh, or some one-sided affection. Yeah. So, and and I agree. I like that he, because that's kind of their storyline for this whole episode is him trying to unwind her. They She gets drunk at one point uh-huh, and it's like a dance video <laughs> yeah she's fully unwound at that point <laughs> so uh 
so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it either. Um, I, I just, I mean, I initially, and I, I just love the idea of Angan and Jaren because that's kind of what we were fed first. Right. Um, But I also don't know Jaren well enough because she really hasn't been a super present side character the way Fifi and Melo have. Um, So yeah. So I'm curious where you guys stand. That's what I want to know. Are you uh, in Angan and Jaren's boat or are you in Angan and Puddle's boat? Yeah. So that's all brewing. And um, I put Ed Sarah's suite when they arrive and I put there's only one bed but it didn't go the way I wanted you guys yeah to all for nothing <laughs> all for nothing not not only is there just one bed neither one of them actually slept in it like not yeah. even one of them the like, whole trip <laughs> the whole trip so I was like well there went there went my prediction um but yeah. Ada's just like totally soaking in the view and the scent of the ocean and just loving it. And of course our resident robot is like, are you finished? Like it's such a snot. I know. Cause she's just clearly like, it's just so sweet and innocent the way she's just like, you can smell it and it's gorgeous. And it's this, and he's like, are you done yet? And <laughs> like, and it totally, she's like, oh, she literally like rolls her eyes and like stalks back into the room and who can blame her? I know. But I love that right in the next scene, she gives it right back to him because he's asking where her second suitcase is. And she's like, um, I only brought one suitcase. He's yeah. like, okay, well, what's in it? <laughs> she's like, uh, shorts, t-shirt. I love the way she said flip-flops. 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 And he's like, uh, there's an award ceremony. Like, uh, like you have to why be dressed didn't up. you pack accordingly? Don't you know why we're here? And she's okay, like, listen. no, you didn't yeah. tell me why we were coming. Exactly. Like, you listen, big Sarah, dummy. You didn't even want to tell this. <laughs> you didn't even want to tell her what was going on. And then, yes, you did mention the award ceremony in the car, but you didn't say anything about like, hey, it's formal and fancy. So, because I've been to award ceremonies where like, it's not like the Oscars, you know, you can wear jeans and a sweater. Like it's right. not a big deal, you know? Yeah. And she's like, thinking, I, yeah, she's thinking I'll get to be on the beach all day. It's going to be hot. We're going to be, you know, it's a coastal city. So mm-hmm. of course that's what she's going to bring. Uh-huh. So, so he's like, I know, but I do love the way he emotions and he's like, so we're here and there's a fancy award ceremony and you're going to wear sleep flops and he <laughs> does the thing with his hands anyways um so meanwhile Serkan calls his dad regarding fairy yeah and- she kicks him out because she's like i need oh. a shower can you please go away <laughs> yeah go wait on the terrace i love it um and so he's on the phone with baba and he's basically like, yeah, I know exactly what you and Celine are doing and you're going to regret it. Like you basically did this to get under my skin, but don't come calling me and crying when Farid basically crumbles the company because of his relationship with Khan. Yes. Because Baba doesn't seem all that worried about Farid's relationship with Khan, but Sarkhan is like, look, yeah, basically don't come crying to me when bad stuff happens because you yep. allowed him in the company. Yep. Just to get under my skin. Yeah. And so, but we get oh. a little bit of a mystery here. Uh-huh. Got it? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, because, so I, 
I'm glad it wasn't just me that noticed clearly because I said, hmm, that's what my notes say. <laughs> hmm, Baba gets a picture of him and a son, mm-hmm. a very dark haired son. And he's fondly gazing at this picture and looking at the window. So yep. we, this is again, potentially the mystery dead son that we don't have confirmation of, but there uh-huh. do seem to be little hints here mm-hmm. and there that there is some sort of mm-hmm. potential loss of a child uh, in the past. And not the hair color can't change. Right. Because like my husband has very dark hair, but when he was a little boy, he was more, he was very blonde. Mm-hmm. So it could. Yeah. Same with my brother. My brother was like a toehead. Like he was bright, bright blonde. And now he's like light brown. Like, right. So, so yeah. It could be Sarakon or mm-hmm. it's mystery brother. So yes. I completely agree. I actually wrote dark haired boy dot 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 mystery brother. Mm-hmm. So uh, so then we have spying Idon because she doesn't know Sarkon's gone. So she's like, what the heck? I can't see anything. What's going on? That Cinderella is, you know, messing with him. Like she's totally like freaked out by Edda's presence and her, the way she affects Sarkon. Yeah. Safi does quickly fill her in like uh, he's in Antalya. They're there for work. And, you know, he's like, so I thought maybe you would want to call um, to call and check on them. So he hands her her phone and she calls, she always calls Edda. Do you notice that? Like, why doesn't she call her son? Like, I don't know. Well, see, I thought, I, I guess maybe I missed that. I assumed that she did call Sarkon first, but she, she was calling, I guess she was calling Edda. Yeah. And the only reason I think that is because anytime in a Turk Deasy, when they decline the call, it's supposed to go like to voicemail, you know, but I think for the sake of drama and so that you know it, they make it one of those like busy tones. Mm. So, and Edda always rejects her calls. Right. And, okay. That so, makes sense. Yeah. And so when she walks out onto the terrace and she's like, oh, look, your mother's calling me again. You know what's so great? I ignore her call. And then she just keeps calling. And he's like, well, mom loves you. And she's like, ha, your mom loves me. Okay. <laughs> one thing that I loved that, um, uh, Idan, I always, I'm like, why are both the, the mother okay. figures Idan and Ifair? I know they're so close. Ugh. So I, uh, one thing that Idan said that I was like, oh, foreshadowing much is she's like, when she's telling safety how worried she is. And she says, Mediterranean nights drive people crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that means we're going to have a love connection for sure. <laughs> Here for it. So then we switch back to Antalya. And um, again, this was another thing that I caught in the non-subtitled episode. Mm-hmm. Because when they're out on the terrace and he's like, okay, time to get back inside. You have work to do. Mm-hmm. I actually recognize that because she's like, Ishim, like my work, what are you talking about? Right. Well, in comes all this like personalized shopping stuff experience. Yep. And he explains to her, cause she's like, where did all this come from? And he's like, Oh, it's sponsored. And meaning like, you know, these brands want you to wear their stuff around the hotel because it's good exposure for them. Yeah. And you know what else I love though? He's like, but if you don't like any of this, like you don't have to wear it and we can do something else. Mm-hmm. So I love that that was thrown in there just because it's like, well, you're not just trying to force like Celine style or, you know, a style that's not her. Um, on Edda, 
but he wants her to be comfortable and at least like fit in more, you know, and be able to pick something out for the ceremony while still like, while it's still being her style. So of course this leads to one of our favorite things in a rom-com. I said fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice office reference. Um, so we get this montage and it's so cute because she's having such fun, like trying all this stuff on. She's putting hats and glasses on him and taking pictures of him. Um, I want that picture by the way, like, come on, Hyundai post that. Like, (laughs) I know that photo you probably took of him in those ridiculous glasses and visor. Um, He's sitting there acting like he hates every second of it. When mm -hmm. we know that's totally not true. Totally not true. So, you know, so it's implied basically that she found a bunch of stuff she likes. Mm-hmm. Well, he's like, okay, um, I've got stuff to do. So let's get changed and head down. She's like, okay, I'll get changed too. And I'll go with you. So he mm-hmm. heads out so that she can change back into her clothes. And she immediately asks the girls and who's the sponsor? Listen, this, she barely finishes her question. I know. The woman, like. I don't even think she finished speaking and the one girl's all Sercon Bola is the sponsor. And I'm like, listen, girl, like he probably paid you very nicely to do this. And you just straight up like outed him. She was just waiting for to to be asked that question. So funny. Um, I just, yeah, I noticed, I was like, dang, she was like ready to spill those beans. Yeah. So then we get, um, Federi and Celine again for a minute, and he's flat yeah. out calling out her jealousy of Edda. Mm-hmm. Well, he, and and he tells her, "If you love Serkan, don't play with me, please." Yeah, like just let me go because you have a fiance here who is madly in love with you and adores you, and you know, and he recognizes like it's not fair to me. Like, and I love how he's like, "Listen, I'm a modern man. Like, I'm not trying to be controlling." When you said that you guys grew up together, when you said that you guys are practically together, like family and work together, even when you said you guys are ex-boyfriend and girlfriend, right? I accepted all of that, but this I won't. Like I draw the line somewhere, and if you're still in love with the guy, please let me off the hook. Yep. And she's like, "That's not the case. Don't say things like that." But you know what's funny is she never is like. Very, of course I love you. I'm in love with you. Well, and she never flat out denies still having feelings for Sarkhan either. Right. Because she's like, don't say things like that, please. Don't uh-huh. do this. Yep. So. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. This was the point. This was the point in the show where I, where I was like, he should be with Melo. That's where it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, Ferry should be with Melo. If, you know, Khan doesn't change his ways and if Celine continues down the path that she's headed. Um, and then we switch over to Angen with, I believe, Celine and Sarkhan and Peril. That's and Angen's like sick of all the work they're doing already. He's like, look where we are. Can't we have some fun? Like, can't we have a work and like pleasure balance basically? And they're just waiting on the clients anyway. So he's like, if they're going to be here in in an hour, why can't we just have a little fun for now? Right. So I love this because I'm almost positive. This is Edda's first babe walk. Like, I mean, 
she Sarkhan's been already stunned by how beautiful she's looked like at the engagement party and things like that. Right. But an actual babe walk, but she gets a babe walk and I love it because she's clearly wearing the quote sponsored clothes, Mm -hmm. but she still looks very much like herself. It doesn't look like Celine dressed her. It doesn't look like Pearl dressed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that, you know, I guess it's more chic because it's, you know, designer brands or whatever. Right. Because even Pearl notices like, oh, your style. Like, and I love it because it is like, oh, it's, it's sponsored. Like if you want, like I'll get you some, you can choose some of the sponsors clothes to wear too. Yeah. And you can totally tell she's making it clear to Sarah Khan that she knows yeah. he's behind it. Yeah. Because the girls are like, what sponsor? And then it just kind of gets mulled over. <laughs> yeah. And he's speechless at how good she looks. And mm-hmm. oh man, I just love it. And also and he- props to Angin for recognizing that at least Edda is fun. <laughs> yes. I- he has like loved her since he met her, which, you know, props to him because I'm pretty sure one of his first interactions with her was when she was handcuffed to him by her own doing. Yeah. So, so I love how like he's been like team Edda pretty much since they announced their engagement. Like, yeah. Um, so Sarkhan though was like, yeah, honey, we're leaving. And she's like, oh, but you know, we've got, she kind of is like, and like, we've got an hour, we've got time. He's like, no, we're leaving. And she's like, all right, dear. And like <laughs> takes his arm and they, they walk off and of course Celine's like seething. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that Engen kind of notices that? It seems like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everybody so, seems to be noticing now her yeah. reaction towards Edda. So yeah. Yep. So then we have Khan, and he is obviously selling some information about Sarah mm-hmm. Khan to the press. I'm assuming that was that was the implication was that this was selling it to the press. And he just tells the reporter that he has a picture of, of the contract. And mm-hmm. I, the only stipulation that he gives to her that, um, you know, the only, that it'll be an exclusive for her. Right. It'll be an exclusive. And then, he, but he gets to choose when the article comes out. So she's like, okay, great. And he tells her that it's a contract, uh, um, an engagement contract. Right. Well, and he also points out, cause she's like, you know, we've been trying to find all this information because that family's so private and about this girl and nobody knows anything. And he makes it clear to her, like, don't worry, I have an insider. Yeah. And then the scene switches over to Melo and Fifi and Ifair. Mm-hmm. So clearly it's implied that th- those are very much his intentions with Melo is to use her as his mole. Yeah. So Ifair's with the girls um, Khan then calls Melo mm-hmm. and gets all excited and Twitter pated and like runs off and answers the phone and and she's oh, being secretive about it too. Mm-hmm. And he's quite the performer because he's like, I know I said I wouldn't contact you, but I just couldn't help it. I have to see you. And of course she's eating that up because come on, like so she gets very evasive with Fifi though, when Fifi's like, What the heck's going on? You're being weird, you're yeah. this, you're that. And she's like, what? It's private. It's this. And Fifi's like, you literally tell me like how many hairs are on your head. You tell me like all these ridiculous things, but now all of a sudden it's private. Um, but Khan sends a car for her and basically is like, my driver will come pick you up and we can meet. Yeah. So that's what's going on there. Yeah. Then go ahead. 
We have Eda and Sarkhan. They're headed to the meeting. And he makes a comment that he wants her to meet uh, Sevilanam because she's like you, is what he says. And so it's funny because at first Eda is like, oh, so are you trying to say something negative about me again? And I love this because uh, he's like, is it possible to say anything negative about you? And uh, she she basically mentions that she can't tell when he's being serious or not, when he says stuff like that to her. And he's like, well, I'd like you to support me. And I think I took screenshots of this. So let me grab it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because she asks him, okay, so you don't do anything from the heart. You don't act without thinking. And he's Mm -hmm. like, never. (laughs) Asla. (laughs) He says, I have everything planned. So control freak, as we know, Mr. Robot. And he's like, what about you? You don't ever do anything as planned. And she says, Asla. So they we've got these the two dynamics of uh-huh. type A personality and she is all spontaneous. Yeah. And she's like, I behave as my soul wants me to. I don't think about my actions. And if I regret it, I just say it's my fault and I keep moving. And he's like, oh, very original. And she's like, yeah, it's better than being average. Yep. I so love I, it. Yeah, so good. I, I just love, love their, their push and pull, their give and take, the opposites. Yep. And so then we kind of, we kind of go back and forth between these two meetings. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Khan's all smooth with Melo, helps her out of the car. They go inside. He like waves a waiter over to bring the gift he clearly got for her, so which is the same perfume that kind of, you know, made their meat cute happen. Um, and we their flash fake meat cute. Yeah. Your fake meet cute. If that were like, if this were a real couple, that would be a legitimately thoughtful gift. Yes, absolutely. But it's just tainted because he's yeah. a little faker. Right. It's manipulative. So, um, con, yeah. So then we kind of switch back to uh, Edan Serkan because then it finds out basically they find out they have an hour still because the couple's not coming. Right. Yeah. That's, I was wrong. They hadn't found okay. out about the hour earlier. This is where they okay. came out because they're fighting. <laughs> right. So he's like, okay, now we have an hour. So she's like, okay, well then can we do something please? Like, can we go swim for a little bit? And he actually agrees. And uh-huh. the, the two of them just like splish splash in the ocean. And yeah have a good old time and meanwhile Khan's continuing to charm and play the innocent victim with Melo and um she gets a call from a cosmetic company which we actually had a reader named Erica I believe it was Erica she reached out in part of one of her notes she was like hey did you happen to notice the name of the cosmetic company is this a cosmetic company that Fikri Harika like represented oh you know what i would be curious now because I don't remember the names of them, but that was just she, a stab in the dark. Sorry. No. Yeah. No, no. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past that happening, you know? Yeah. We're all, we're all waiting for our Easter eggs, our John M Easter eggs, you know? know? So, uh, 
but it's thanatos, thanatos, which is basically in Greek is like death, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Um, I know you won't get this, but when I heard the name of the cosmos, yeah, I I thought of Thanos. Yes, I actually the Avengers. So Did I you? Up, yes, because that's what I thought. That's what I thought I heard. I was like, was it Thanos or was it Thanatos? So I think it was Thanos, but which then is like immortal, right? Like it's, he's, I don't know. Thanos is just a big baddie in the Avengers, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So because on Google, it basically said like, you know, it has to do with immortality. Like, Hmm. and so I thought, oh, I could see that for a cosmetic company, like immortal, like you're freezing your youth with these cosmetics. That would make sense. I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. Um, Hmm. I should have asked Miriam about that. Like, did you hear exactly what they said? But either one makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. What that it might be. But she freaks out because she's going to have an interview. She doesn't do well with interviews, yada, yada. Um, and Khan basically calms her down. Is like, well, I believe in you. You'll do great. And all of that. So then Celine and Perul are chatting. And they're kind of talking about, you know, Edda and Serkan, jealousy, the issues with Farid, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, they're just kind of having like a girl chat and Peril doesn't seem to be too comfortable getting too like serious and personal. Cause then she's like, yeah, let's just focus on work. Um, and well, and, and- Celine is kind of drowning in her own sorrows. She's like, That's- uh, She's like, I ruined everything when I tried to fix it. And Peril's got her panties in a twist because she's like, I don't know. Serkan does what Edda tells him to. Because <laughs> she just doesn't know how to deal with that because right. Serkan has never acted this way. And Celine yeah. is whining because Farid is mad and Serkan is mad. And she she ruined everything, quote, by trying to fix it. And I said, epic eye roll. And she's yeah. like, I try, I provoked uh, Ferit by trying to provoke Serkan. So she fesses up to that too, because yeah. obviously hiring Ferit was only to provoke Serkan. Right. He doesn't fess up to, to Ferit, but yeah. she actually is saying it to Parole. But yeah, Parole's clearly her coping mechanism is just to keep working. Yeah. <laughs> and to work we- more. Yeah. So that she can't, she's like, when, when a person is engaged in work, he doesn't think about anything else. (laughs) Yeah. All right, honey. I can Uh see why you're a workaholic. Yep. So, uh, Birobe calls Serkan, basically explains, okay, we're not coming to the meeting now. Now we're like full on getting a divorce. It's a mess. We can't sign anything tonight. I'll call you tomorrow. Like, and you know, Serkan's stress that the project's in jeopardy, right? That sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's what it is. They can't do anything until tomorrow when he calls them. So Puril calls to be the little tattle to Aidan mm-hmm. and um, kind of asks her, well, do you think I'm fun? Because, you know, Angan's been kind of, you know, uh, getting on her about the fact that she's just so serious and never smiles and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, doesn't know how to have fun. And um, Aidan, I love it. She's like, no, I don't think you're fun. Like, <laughs> get to work. And just like hangs up the phone. So then Fifi and Melo are interview practicing, outfit yeah. picking, because Melo is clearly a very nervous interviewer, doesn't have a filter. So, right. you know, they have this whole thing where Fifi's going to help her. 
yeah, they they even think about Fifi being on a Bluetooth with her yeah. so that she can feed her answers to the interview. I love it. Yeah. So uh, now that the meeting has been canceled, um, Serkan, is this where Serkan comes and finds her? Well, n- they're kind of talking about the, the drama with them. And Edda basically is oh. like, well, maybe I should have talked to her because. Yeah, like, I'm, I jumped I- ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, she's like, maybe I could have kind of smoothed things over with her, uh, with her life. <laughs> and then she's like, well, since now we have nothing to do until tomorrow, what if we all played volleyball? Well, did you, I, did you miss her, her jab to Pearl? Cause Pearl is like, oh, that's your brilliant plan. Cause Edda was like, oh, I wish I had met her. Maybe I could have uh-huh. talked her down. And Pearl's like, oh, that's your brilliant plan. And she's like. And it's like, yeah, unlike you, people communicate with each other by talking. Yes, I love it. And then Serkan totally, this is, I, I started a little, um, I'm going to start writing SSS for uh-huh. secret Serkan smirk. <laughs> yes. Well, and it happens again because then Celine's like, well, you're awfully delicate, Edda. Like, do you think you can really play volleyball? And Edda is like, yeah, let's meet at the pitch, which yeah. apparently was like a direct translation. Yeah. Um, and well, a I pitch they a pitch is usually used for soccer. Like you play soccer on a pitch, so that's probably oh, why they use okay. that term instead of like on the court or on the field. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And then okay. Angin's like, oh, <laughs> I love it. Basically it. says, oh, burn. <laughs> yes. So meanwhile, back in Istanbul, Baba wants to meet Ifair because he's like, once he realizes that Serkan brought Edda with him on this trip, he's like, oh, this is serious because like he doesn't do things like this. And the fact that he brought her along for something so important is a big deal. I need to meet this girl's aunt. And so, you know, he basically tells Idan, like, can you make that happen? Like, can you yeah. call? I want to, I want to meet her. And so, um, then we switch back over there. They're all having fun on the beach, the volleyball mm-hmm. game. We get some cute Edzer, like teamwork moments. Yeah. And they all go running into the ocean and they're just, they're, they're just kind of let loose and they're having fun. Yes. And um, so then it's a whole montage, but then we yeah. get to the hotel that evening. Mm. And I love that Edda points out like, Hey, just so you know, like, I know the whole point of everything we're doing, but you do realize that Farid really adores Celine, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't leave her side and you know, he's very sweet. And Serkan's like, Oh, is he? And I'm not. And she's like, no. Then she tells him you're charismatic. (laughs) And it's cute because you can tell he's like placated a bit by that. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you know, I guess we're pretty good at this fictional engagement thing. And she's like, bye. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe we're actually forming a friendship here. And, um, yeah. so then Sarkhan makes it clear, like, listen, I only need a few minutes alone with Celine. And she's like, okay, then I'll take care of it. Like I'll distract fairy. Cause he's not going to leave her side. But if all you say you need is a couple minutes to convince her to leave this guy. All right. Like I'll do my part to help you. Yeah. And, and I also and- noticed during the volleyball montage, that Hyundai is left-handed. So I was like, hey, she's left-handed oh. like me. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like left-handed people always know. I 
I usually tend to notice that just because Jason's left-handed, but he yeah. always notices when someone else is left-handed. Um, so they bid each other good night mm-hmm. and it's cute because he decides to work for a while. He's outside on like the terrace and he falls asleep uh-huh. and he walks out there with a blanket and like lays it over him. She totally but... tucks him in mm-hmm. and then we get another SSS Sercon secret smile. Yes, we do. Cause he, he was, was actually, yep. He was really awake. Oh, so I love it. I love little things like that. They're like mm-hmm. almost meaningless gestures. It's like, well, you're outside. Here's a blanket, but it's, it, they just wind up being some of the sweetest, most intimate moments. Yeah. Um, so then we've got um, Baba Bola is, I kind of feel bad for him because he's in there talking to Idon and she does you know, not have the time for him apparently. And yeah. And he's like, I don't know if he was, you know, just honestly just wanting to spend some time with his wife, if he was looking for anything more, but well, no matter what, she was like, okay, good night. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay. Like I, I felt bad for him. I know. She totally waves him off. She's like, okay, good night. Yeah, <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye>. <laughs> so, uh, the next morning we're in like the lobby, I'm guessing kind of of the hotel and it's just Celine and Sercon at this point. That's right. Before everyone else arrives. And he tells her, again, such an ironic conversation. Because, you know, he's like, listen, we need to talk. And she's like, about what? And he's like, how Federic doesn't suit you. And, you know, and she t- and she's like, well, who does suit me, Sercon? You? And yeah. again, he doesn't really answer that. But then she tells him, don't get involved in my life. Okay, pot kettle situation. Like yeah. you're you're inserting yourself in everything that has to do with Sercon and Edda. Mm-hmm. Because you just can't let go. Yep. But yet he's not allowed to do the same thing on a much smaller scale by just flat out telling you, like, this no. is a bad idea. Yeah. So just the irony there. I know. So then we have stress Peril. And annoyed Engin. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, we have a, we did a quick um, shoot over to Melo, all tough in black. Mm-hmm. So there's, we've got more, more coaching from Fifi. This yes. seems to be in the same day where our Antalya people have moved on to another day. <laughs> You're very correct. Yes. Some so, of that shopping. Thing. Yeah. Um, this but, is where she said she'll help via Bluetooth, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of it is Fifi's gonna, gonna help Melo and we have stressed parole. Engin is essentially, he's tired of her whining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, she tells him like, listen, I do know how to relax and smile with my friends when I'm not working. Like when I come to places like this for fun, not for work. Right. And, you know, he, He's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I, he kind of makes it clear, like, well, I'd like to see that. It'd be nice to see, like, that side of you. And um, meanwhile, there's um, a meeting happening. The meeting's going to happen, and they're going to split the couple, basically. Like, half of them are going to talk to Bar- Barobe. Half of them are going to talk to Sevilhanam. 
mm-hmm. and try to get each of them to sign separately, but so that they have both signatures to get this project going. Yeah. So we have this whole scene where they both come in from two different directions, but they're all in the same room. The couple are like, the they're not even like a couch lengths apart. They're like on the seats next to each exactly. other. Exactly. They're just facing the opposite direction. And we get just these parallels of the two of them saying, no, they're not going to sign because they wasted 25 years of their life with with the marriage. It's just a, it's a disaster and it ends with no signatures happening. So again, nothing has moved forward with this. This is part of the whole, like, okay, this, like the first hour of this, there's not a whole lot of plot, uh, movement as far as, you know, right. Um, well, even so then, with the whole dinner, because mm-hmm. Idan is back at home pulling, Stress. quote, pulling weeds. And I'm like, just pulling the grass. <laughs> these people don't know how to water their plants. <laughs> Yet they have these lush, beautiful gardens and nurseries. She's just ruining her grass. She's ruining her lawn by just yanking it up. I think the fact that we both grew up in the desert makes this especially heinous because I, yes, that's exactly what it is. You guys, like I have my little patio garden and I have my house plants and that is it. Like, because I, I live in a very brown, dry desert, like, and it's not like a cool Arizona desert with all these like amazing, you know, uh, cacti everywhere. And like, I have Joshua trees. And well, we- and when, when we moved to Washington, I remember seeing people park on, cause there's just kind of grass wherever it you don't in where we where Kristen and I grew up if you want grass you have to either plant seeds or you have to put sod down so that yes. you actually have a lawn it doesn't mm-hmm. just magically appear well no. in Washington <laughs> grass will just magically appear it'll just be there because it rains and it's green and there are there's plant life <laughs> in its natural form so <laughs> So I remember seeing people parking on grass and I was like, <gasps> I was horrified because <laughs> you would never see that. No, it we would just, just be, yeah, it would be blasphemy. It abs- yeah, totally. I mean, we just planted grass in our backyard before the summer and it's like finally all lush and full and looks like a lawn, mm-hmm. but it's like hard work. You guys. Yeah. In, so, in our in, current yes. climate. In where, yes, where we are. So, so I fair pulling grass is like a nightmare for us. <laughs> so she, Safie brings her her phone and it's like, maybe you want to make that phone call and invite I fair to dinner. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she does. And I is like, yeah, I would love to have you guys because at this point she's only ever gone to them. And she obviously isn't aware of I agoraphobia. So she's just finding it rude that she always has to go to them. So she's like, okay, well, I'll be waiting here for you. Goodbye. And like mm-hmm. hangs up. And um, Safie will come to the rescue later for that though, because we love him. Right. So meanwhile, back in Antalya, the team needs to solve this issue so that the project doesn't go under because they're like, they've already put all of this work in ahead of time. Right. So it's like, if they don't get these signatures, it's going to be bad. And Angen is trying to unwind Pearl. Yeah. And because he orders her a drink after that meeting goes sour in the lobby, and she, she winds it so up so much. She loves she, it so much. She winds up under that canopy thing outside, and is just like, "Oh, she's on her fourth of yeah, those she, cocktails." She's like three sheets to the wind, having a good old time. 
and Angan comes and notices and that's when they make that little fun dance video we kind of talked about because she's like I just want to dance to music and make a fun video and they're just kind of having fun yeah um, it's really cute it is very cute and you can tell Angan's like okay finally like I'm getting the fun you know the fun personable side of her yeah. So this is the scene I was thinking of where Sarkhan hasn't really seen mm-hmm. uh, Edda all day. He's been with the team trying to troubleshoot this whole situation uh-huh. and she's just been off doing her own thing. Well, she, he's working, you know, <laughs> of course he's working. He's got his computer like uh-huh. poolside and she like walks over and you see her saying hi to everybody. <laughs> and she like, calls everybody my, my name. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she, <laughs> She walks up. I don't even remember the name, but one of them was a, a boy's name. Berke. Berke. So she walks up and he's like, who's Berke? <laughs> and she's like, uh, one of the staff here that I met. He's very nice. Like, because he's just totally territorial. Oh yeah. And he, she's like, sorry, I'm not boring. Like you, like I actually get to know the people who are around me. And that's when he's like, well, you talk too much. And <laughs> And he reminds her that she is his fiance and has to be near him at all times. I love it because he's obviously so upset that she hasn't been just sitting there swooning over him all day. He's so jealous. So he puts her to work and he's like, you know, English, right? And she's like, yeah, and he's like, well, then you can translate this, which I actually thought was really funny since I don't believe Hyundai knows English at all. But as we but- all know, Karen speaks perfect American English. Yes. (laughs) So I I just thought that was funny. Um, so then we kind of get another little quick, um, scene with Ingen and Perel, like after they've made the dance video, they're just kind of relaxing and having fun. And she's opening up, like, I want to hang out outside of work. Like, um, you know, let's have a good time and, um, let's not attach it. Cause he's like, but, and she's like, no, 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 buts. like, let's just, let's just make plans to hang out and have fun. And he's like, okay. Yeah. So now, uh, do you want to talk about Ada and Seville meeting? Cause I love that. This was so good. So, uh, Ada, oh, excuse me. So Ada is working on her translation uh-huh. and, uh, Birol Bay comes up to Serkan and they start chatting. And then as Ada's working this, this woman just kind of comes up and uh, she introduces herself and um, she's like, she's like, Hey, that, that man back there, is he still staring at me? And Edda looks and she's like, which like, who are you talking about? And she describes that he's got white hair and he's sitting over at that table. And she's like, yes, he is. Do you want me to stand in front of you? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So much because that is what girls need to be doing for one another, strangers or not. Like, because you know, like I just love that she was like ready to step in and defend this woman. Like, oh, I'll keep him from looking at you. Like, yeah. I'll stand hard. I yes, I love that. It was so good. But then uh Se- is it Sevine or Sevim? Seville? Oh, I Seville wrote- with an L. Seville. Good mm-hmm. lord. <laughs> I well, you know, we're, there's just a lot of names. Okay, you guys. <laughs> so Seville Hanum comes up and um, she's like, no, no, no. Let him look and regret. Let him burn. 
That's when she's like, he's about to be my ex-husband. Like he's not just some random dude staring at me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, I love it. Go ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I love it because you know, she's like, it's been 25 years. He's just a machine. And I, it is like a machine. What do you mean? He's like, oh, he's just all about work, 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 work. And so you start to see this parallel being painted between who Birol is and who Serkan is. Uh-huh. Well, and Edda can empathize. She's like, mm. oh, well, speaking of machines, she's like, that man he's sitting with is my fiance, a very cute little robot. <laughs> I loved that. So the guys are now chatting as well. And it's becoming very clear that Seville is very much like Edda, like she's impulsive and you know, he's like, she just kind of blows with the wind. And Sarah Khan's like, oh, I understand that very clearly. Yeah. Like, and how it can just drive you crazy after a day. Cause you know, he talks about how he's been dealing with this for 25 years. And he's like, yeah, even a day of that will drive you nuts. And I love it because this is the voiceover from one of the fragments, but it's when the man's saying, well, it must be love then. And Sarah Khan's like, wait, what? And he's like, well, you know, if your eyes only see her amongst all the madness, you can't seem to let go, and she's still captivating to you among everything, then that's love, right? Yeah. There comes can barely deal. He's like, yeah, that's kind of a crazy thought for me. But it's funny because the guy's like, well, aren't you engaged? Like, <laughs> you have an engagement ring. He's like, uh, it's new. It's this. Well, Serkan gets an idea to invite Birol and Seville to dinner with mm-hmm. him and Edda that night. And he's like, maybe we'll be able to, his thought is like, maybe we'll be able to tag team them and finally get the signatures that we need. Right. Exactly. And I love it because Edda, meanwhile, is telling Seville, like, you know, you just need to look more threatening. Like, this is what I do. <laughs> like, talking about the looks she throws Sarah yeah, on. She, and- she's like, if he's staring at you like that, don't turn away. Look at him. <laughs> look, look at him and look threatening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. I could like the way she was saying that too. I was like, I was like, I could totally picture your mom giving me advice that way. Like, oh yeah, my mom would totally, yeah, <laughs> my yep. mom would like, absolutely. Do I was that. like, that is so Lupe. She would totally do that because she's like, uh, he thinks he might scare you with a look like that, but will we be afraid? No. Nope. <laughs> so good. I love it. Um. So then. We get another phone call with Khan and Ferry. He wants to know what time the award ceremony is starting. And of course he brushes it off as, well, I'm an architect too. And this is a very prestigious, prestigious, prestigious. I never get it right. I think both are correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a very important award. I say prestigious. I think that's what I usually say. Yeah. Um, Cause like, so if, if somebody has prestige. Oh, there you go. Okay. Right? Sure. But I've heard prestigious. So yeah, I don't know. It's a very important award, and he's basically like, as an architect, I want to watch that ceremony because it applies to me, even if I'm not yeah. the one receiving the award. So Farid's like, oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> Five o'clock is when it starts. Like, so. yeah. I so Angin and Pearl plan to do plan to hang out outside of work. Oh, That's one little. No, yeah. no, it's. It's so random. We've seen so much other know, stuff we, and then we switch know, back over. We switch back and forth so much for these tiny moments. Yeah. But so now we're at dinner. Yes. Now it's dinner time. I love, love, love this moment. Because we find out pretty immediately that Birol and Seville's story is 
very familiar. Mm-hmm. Well, even before that though, what she says about the view when they sit down and she's like, there's cause he's the role base says like, we've come here every year for 25 years. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, yeah, oh, I can that's see right. it's beautiful. And she's like, I was just thinking about like how nice it would be. I was wishing that there would be someone who would take my hand and lead me onto a boat and we'd sail away, we'd swim. And, you know, she's saying it just like as a, as a, um, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just as a general thought, like, you know, it's not, she wasn't wishing it with anyone specific, but right. Sarah she's just thinking right in. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? Who, who, <laughs> who would take, who would grab your hand and take you on a boat? <laughs> She's like, nope, nobody, nobody. I didn't have anybody in mind. I was just saying. I was just saying in general. Yeah. And he's like, well, good thing that that Helmsman didn't come. (laughs) I was like, oh, what a jealous man we have. He's so jealous. Of a fantasy. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, then we get into the conversation and we find out that when they met, Birol was running after an ex. Uh-huh. That Birol was all about work. Sylvia is all about going with the flow and following your soul. Yep. (laughs) And it's really funny because they're clearly picking up on it too. And Sarah's like, whoa. Well, and they're like, yeah, 25 years is, is enough. It's been mm-hmm. 25 years of toil and I just can't handle it anymore. And they're like, oh, bravo. You're the only one who's tired of it. <laughs> what about me? And they're just <laughs> bickering. Bickering. And then Seville's like, all right, I've had enough. I need something sweet. And it does like, yeah, I think something with strawberries in it. She's like, Serkan loves strawberries. <laughs> so funny. So they're kind of trying to. Oh, although real mm-hmm. quick before they storm off because the couple storms off, um, uh, Serville mentioned something about the project and she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, we were thinking that Eda, you should do the landscape. Um, no, that's not until the awards ceremony after they make up. Oh, well, oh, that's right. But Serkan compliments her talent is what I'm right. what I'm getting at. Oh, well, because Ada mentions that she would like, she, she noticed an unused portion of the hotel. And she's like, if that were mine to transform, I would turn it into, you know, this kind of space. And that's when they're like, oh, you're a landscape designer. That's right. That's right. And she's like, well, not exactly. And Serkan interrupts to say, she's almost done though. She's a very incredibly talented um, intern. And like sings her praises about her abilities because he doesn't want her to get into the whole reason as to why she hasn't finished school yet. That it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. Then they have the argument that eventually leads Saviel to storm off, walk away. She's not signing anything. Right. Girl's like, I won't sign without her because I gave her this project. Like, because Sarah like, just sign it yourself then. He's like, I can't do this without her, which I respect. Like, yeah. That he wasn't just like, okay, fine. She wants to be that way. I'm going to sign it away. Right. Well, then uh, Eda and Serkan have a discussion that, look, they're just like us. And 
And Sarkhan's like, yeah, if we were to somehow accidentally get married, that would be us in 25 years. And I was thinking, yeah, Sarkhan, because people accidentally get married all the time. All the time. Oh my god. Because they're like, yeah, why did they get married? Who knows? That's crazy. <laughs> There's no reason those two should have gotten married in the first place. And then meanwhile, in the background, <laughs> you see the two of them making up and they're like laughing and they start hugging. <laughs> it's so absurd because like clearly they have years of issues. <laughs> but like this this one specific moment has like mended it all. Right. All that to be said, the project is now saved because they will both sign the yes. project. Yeah. So then I kind of love too that Sarah Khan's like, well, now that it's just us, because the couple leaves, like I'll sit across from you. Yeah. And um, then they just kind of last name each other and that scene ends because he's yeah. like, okay, the yield is. And she's like, Sarkhan Bolat. And then I yeah. thought like something was going to happen and then the scene just ends. So I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... I loved this scene. Oh my gosh. This whole next like 15 minutes is so good. It is the best part of the episode. Well, minus you the think? end. Okay. But okay. minus the very end. I, I just let, well, okay, go ahead. I'll explain why, but. Well, I, you said 15 minutes and I was thinking like three minutes, which is why I questioned that. But I, I agree with you that the next 15 minutes is the best yeah, I, I think I like this the best as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Serkan is working away. He's being Shocking. the robot that he is. And Edda is just like pacing behind him. She, like, you know, when the little kid's like, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> waiting for someone to ask what's wrong. She's totally like essentially doing that. Yes. And she's in really cute pajamas. She looks adorable. And you can she, get them. They're just like 400 Turkish lira, which is still like, $70 for us, but you oh. can get the pajamas if you want them. <laughs> I don't want them that badly to pay $70 for pajamas. <laughs> but um she's like, Are you tired of this? <laughs> and, and he's he's kind of like, Oh, Edda, you need attention. <laughs> All right, well, I'm done working for the day. And he closes his computer because he knows she won't leave him alone. So he starts packing up to go somewhere and she's like, oh, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's happening? What's going on? Which I would do the same thing. It's clearly late at night. She's in her pajamas and I'd be like, okay, what's happening? Because he's like, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's oh, she's such, such a, a brat. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I don't, you're, you're not allowed to ask any questions. And he says, you you can't come because you'll get tired. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going to get tired. And he's like, um, she's like, I never get tired. <laughs> he's like, well, that's, and he kind of makes a point like, well, that's true because you never seem to get sick of talking all the time. Yes. So they, she, they kind of have a little back and forth of her being like, well, fine. You know what? Even if you asked me to come at this point or insisted that I came with you, I wouldn't. And he's like, well, good, because you're not going. And then she gives him these, like, doe eyes while she's sitting on the bench or the edge of the bed. And next scene, what do you know? She's walking alongside him to their destination. And she's like, it's so good you insisted I came. And he's like, I (laughs) did it. I love that. (laughs) That she puts it on him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
he's like, she's like, you insisted. I saw it in your eyes. You really wanted me to go. You totally did. So I, um, took the screen grabs from Miriam's video before it got blocked. Okay. uh, Because she translated this whole scene, like not long after the episode aired. Okay. I like her translations. Um, but you know, she realizes where they are. She's like, Oh, we're at like Apollo's unfinished temple. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. And, um, and so he starts to tell her the story of it. Cause she's like, well, what'd you pick here for? And he's like, well, I love this architecture, you know, and they never finished it. And, mm-hmm. um, and he says, you know, Apollo was the God of fire and poetry and was also a prophet. He always lived according to the future. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, like you. Yeah. And he kind of looks at her like it's never occurred to him that they're like, that he is like Apollo in that sense. And she's like, well, he plans for the future and never lives for the moment. Think about it. Hmm. And she's like, and wasn't that why he gave up on his love? And Sarkhan like looks at her and he's like, was there something like that? She's like, of course you didn't care about that part. (laughs) But he asks her like, well, what was it? Yeah. Tell me. So she's like, Apollo once met a very beautiful woman by the side of the river and he falls in love with her. He tells the woman tell me your name, princess. And she cut Ada herself kind of flashes back to when Serkan first, like asked what her name was. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's like, and then the woman tells him I'm no princess. I'm just a human, but he falls in love with her anyways and decides to marry her. And she, he's con- he asks her and asks her and- until she's finally convinced and says, yes. But then Apollo remembers that he's immortal and the woman is going to grow old he realizes that she'll have to leave this world and he doesn't want to hurt her. So he basically says, wait for me one day and I'll come back, which is kind of crappy because clearly he wasn't planning on coming back. So he like, so didn't, he just lied to her. Yeah. So he didn't have the balls to just be like, um, I'm leaving you cause this won't work. I'm immortal and you're not. So he's yeah. like, he said, like, just wait for me. So she keeps on waiting and she never lost hope that he would come back for her. Mm -hmm. And by the end of her waiting, she turns into a flower staring up at the sky. Mm -hmm. And Serkan says, hmm, the God of fire. And he risked, and he risks, he risked getting burned or hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess like, she's kind of like, that's (laughs) not really the point, but, um, so I thought it was interesting because. Artemis is Apollo's twin. So we kind of have that parallel with EK happening because yes. Artemis is very much like an inspiration for Sanem and her story. Mm-hmm. So Apollo is a twin, which I just liked that kind of EK connection. Mm-hmm. But also Apollo is a twin, like, and Sarakon is being likened to Apollo. So I feel like that feeds our oh. theory a little more. I didn't catch that. I was too busy searching for what myth this was and who <laughs> this woman was. Yeah, right. And there is nothing that matches. So someone thinks that the story was altered for the sake of the show. Which like, would make sense because. Yeah, because I was like, wait, I don't remember Apollo. Like, I don't remember anything specific. And not that I know so much about Greek mythology, but that didn't ring a bell to me at all. Well, there are two stories linked to Apollo of people being turned into flowers or plants, mm-hmm. but neither story matches this. And so okay. I think it's fair to assume that this story was altered mm-hmm. 
some artistic creativity maybe was yeah and and especially because of the fact that the girl turns into a flower by you know when she's waiting for him and everything Mm -hmm. so that would make sense and it would be relevant to the storyline as well yes absolutely I spent so much time looking you guys I was like on all these websites you guys we spend so much time probably researching stuff on here that like I showed probably laugh at us and be like, like, yeah, I actually didn't mean anything by that. This was literally just a line for the show. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just made that up. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just made it up for the sake of the show. It's not actually a real part of a real myth. Yeah. A real myth. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So So we have a little coffee moment. Yes. Now this is interesting and I'm going to start paying attention to this because... In this episode, and also in a previous episode, red has started coming up. Mm -hmm. So we've got, later on, we've got Edda in a red dress. Um, Although he gives her the blue mug in this situation, and he Mm -hmm. keeps the red mug. Mm -hmm. And... Sorry, that was a weird noise. I'm going to mark down the time. Okay. What's the timestamp? I'll write it down too, just in case. Uh, An hour 53. I have a couple others too. Okay. So I just thought it was interesting because she gave him that mug and it turned red that symbolized love. And now he keeps the red mug Uh and he gives her the blue one. So Uh I was like, okay, maybe we've got some stuff happening here. Uh Uh-huh. Because he initially... Let tells her to pick, but then he's like, "Well, you're blue," and hands her that one and keeps uh-huh. the red. One. So there was, um, and that was another one that uh, one of the listeners, Erica, wrote in about and was like, "Do you think this is possible?" And I was like, "Yes." I was like, "You'll hear us talk about it, I'm sure," because if I had that theory, I'm sure Ashley did too. Um, so I thought that, and then of course there were other people who are. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I just think it's funny, so I'll share it. It's very much less likely. But all the Han care shippers out there are like, oh, because she loves her niece so much and her niece's name is Mavi. And so it was like, oh, you need, you need the, like, basically like thinking it was a, um, a, um, improvised like thing. Like he just kind of did that. Like, okay. Oh, you, you want the blue one. Mavi is for you. Uh, which I thought was a cute, like little whatever, but yeah. it's more likely what you said. So. <laughs> Hey, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it could have been Karen being cute and just handing her the mug because her niece has the same name. Sure. So um, then, you know, they're about to see the most beautiful sight in the world. All these shooting stars happen. Um, and so she's like getting all excited. She's like, make, she's making all these wishes and just like, she's just enjoying the heck out of herself and yeah. he's enjoying the fact that she's enjoying the heck out of herself yeah and she and keeps telling him to make wishes mm-hmm. and every time he says something she's like shh, shh be quiet uh-huh. so, 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 so yes. make a wish <laughs> make a wish make a wish and I was like what are their wishes are we gonna find out what they wish for later I don't are know gonna get a fla- are we gonna get a flashback with an actual like thought bubble of what they were wishing at that point well because he wishes for something very wonderful is what he tells uh-huh. her so. uh-huh so then she asks him where Sirius is, the constellation. Mm-hmm. 
And I love this because he does point out this, the bright star that symbolizes where that, it, where that constellation is. But I love it because they wind up opening up a little mm-hmm. and he starts. Yeah. Like, he's not even prompt. He's not, he's just unprompted and does it and shares about how Sar- uh, Sarkon, <laughs> how serious was basically being used for fighting and was very wounded, very beaten up, um, very abused when he got him. And he spent a lot of time helping him recover and taking care of him. And basically like, that's pretty much why I'm the only one he trusts. Right. Since he pretty much growls at everyone except for Edda. Um, and, and Fifi, he's, he likes her friends too. Yes. Um, well, and then she, uh, it's her turn to open up and she explains her relationship with Melo and how they've known each other since they were super, super small. And the fact that when she was, when they were so little, she couldn't say Edda. So she called her Dada and that's where the Dada nickname comes from. So he gives her a little piece of his story, a little piece of his background and she does the same for him. So I thought mm-hmm. that was cute. And a lot of people have wondered, why does she call her Dada? And now we actually get the answer to that. Yes. And so clearly, um, Melo grew up in Marden as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, she's she's not just a more recent friend, maybe like the others right. have been. Excuse me. So yeah, I just love that. They each kind of give a piece of themselves to the to the other. Yeah. And so then he asks her, what will you do after graduation? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I will definitely go to Italy. Hopefully, you know, I'll design one of the most beautiful gardens because, you know, we all know she wants to be a landscape architect. And then she says, and, you know, maybe we'll run into each other in one of the gardens I designed. Yeah. Because he says, I would be happy to walk through a garden knowing you created it. I think that's a foreshadowing. Oh, big same. Like, yeah. I said, okay. So I said, this is, I think, a foreshadowing to capital T, the capital C conflict that will happen at some point that mm. will cause them to separate. Like she'll pull a John DV and just take off <laughs> and go to Italy like she had planned all along. Hmm. And that, you know, and he'll eventually come after her because he'll realize that his life holds a fraction of the meaning without <laughs> her that it did before her. And he'll go in search of her. But because he's Sarkon, he probably won't just go right to her. He'll just want to be near her or feel her. I'm thinking maybe even like he'll be really uninspired. Like he won't have been like able to really do a project, like mm. finish one because he's not he's just not going to be feeling inspired. So he's going to fly to Italy, not tell her maybe that he's there because again, that means he'd have to make the first move. This is like the entire episode. (laughs) And so, and so he'll, he'll walk, he'll go to one of the gardens that she designed to just sit there and sort of feel her, so to speak, Hmm. but she'll actually be there and like, he'll catch a glimpse of her or she'll catch a glimpse of him. I think only one of them will see the other one. And like, I don't know. It'll be a reunion right then. But anyways, that's just my, I don't know. I think that's going to happen. My my prediction was a lot happier. (laughs) Well, I think it'll lead to something happy, but like, anyways. Yeah. You're you're saying you you think it'll be central with the the capital C conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 
it could be something that she's working on for a while and that at some point he'll he'll end up in this garden i don't know what the i i didn't think quite as deeply in my predictions about the context but i was just thinking that that'll end up being like where he proposes for real or where oh. there's some sort of profession of love perhaps mm -hmm where there's something that she's been working on, maybe even this particular project. And mm -hmm. maybe it's not necessarily in Italy. I don't, I don't know that I think this will actually happen in Italy, but mm -hmm. I think that she'll start to be working on stuff, especially because of the job offer at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. And he'll be walking with her in a garden that she designs and he'll finally tell her that he loves her or Aww. something to that effect. So that's it's my very it's very strange. I feel like we've had a freaky Friday moment because I feel like your prediction no, sounds because weird. you're all about the angst. You're like the angst queen. <laughs> you want to cry. <laughs> I do guys. I love crying and I love having my heart ripped out, but only when I know it's going to be like put back into my chest. Like, and, and it's funny because I'm, I'm not like, afraid of angst and I love mm -hmm. books with good angst and I love the feelings mm -hmm. and everything like that but I'm I'm not like give me the the angst <laughs> the way that you are I I enjoy it but I also enjoy happy stuff so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I'm curious if it will be one of those or... Could you imagine that would be pretty awesome if I would be great of story predictors I agree so, um, yeah. So all that to be said, they have a few more shooting star wishes. And then he's like, okay, like dumps the coffee. They like just poured. And he's like, we're off to our next destination. And she's like, we're going somewhere else. And he's like, yep. So, um, we flash quickly to, uh, the next morning. Peril is awake. Angan is awake. And he's like, how'd you sleep? Sweet girl. Like, and then, of course, she's nothing but a ball of stress now. She's like, I can't get a hold of Sarah Khan, blah, blah, blah. And poor guy, you just see him completely deflate. Mm -hmm. Like, like here we are again. And so, yeah, he's kind of like, okay, great. I see that's what we're going to be all about today. Yeah. So then we, we get to. Yep. We flash back over to them, to Edda and Sarah Khan. Mm -hmm. They're like hiking. And I like it because he's like, she's chatting away and he's like, I didn't even realize the sun came up because you've been talking so much. Like, doesn't she say something about her jaw hurting? Yes. <laughs> she's been talking so much. So he's, he's being a brat to her. So she starts to scold him. <laughs> she's yep. like scolding him for being a jerk. And, um, he's like, Edda. But she keeps, she's just keeps hounding him. She's like, you need to just be, you need to be nicer to me. And he's like, Edda. <laughs> well, because she tells him like, please don't start being a jerk just because we got closer. Like, this is what mm. you do. And he actually says, okay, I won't do that. And I was like, oh, because, you know, I would just, ex I expected the whole seriousness to come when kind of the bubble popped. And, but I love that she calls him out on it. Like, listen, nothing bad's going to happen if like things are good between us. Right. So please don't be a turd to me just because, you know, we're forming a friendship. Right. So, but then she keeps going on and on. You're right. And he's like trying to shush her. 
<laughs> yeah, because she's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And he finally points out the waterfall. And so mm-hmm. she's super excited and she's like, can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? <laughs> so I we love it. Yeah. We get this really adorable little swimming montage and they are really, they're like right up next to each other under that waterfall. They're uh-huh. swimming towards each other and meeting in the water and they're just, and I don't know what it is about this shot of him taking off his shirt I know I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I know I'm like "Mm." yeah it was a lot it was a lot (laughs) so So, I I said it that's the whole scene that whole scenario is happening I said it's somehow sweet intimate mm -hmm. hot and innocent like all in one yeah it's like so good and here's the funny thing so even though my specific hope didn't happen about the whole like, oh, we're sleeping in one bed and it's yet to be seen if he he now can only sleep when she's near because, you know, mm-hmm. but I love that the song that's playing has a line about I cannot sleep without you near. And oh, that's right. so I was like, oh, well, maybe that is going to lead to something later on. But even though it didn't happen this episode, so I'm holding out hope since that lyric was playing while they were like frolicking in the water. Mm-hmm. So, so we flash back to the team <laughs> and of course, Celine is like, where's Sarkon? And Ferry is, <laughs> Ferry is so fed up. He's like, oh yeah, where's Sarkon? That's all you care about. Where's Sarkon? I love it. The most important question of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's like, you guys are all too concerned with him. Like, yep. can you just do your job and yeah. chill out? And even Angan earlier had told Pura, like, listen, he's here with his fiance. They went off to do something like chill out. And yeah. then very, I love this because Farid's like, listen, if I had a contract like that, like I wouldn't leave the room all day. So yeah. like implying that they're busy in the bedroom. And we all said, Keshke. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I love that, that he's, he's just, it just cements like how much he thinks that contract is really cute. And so Angan also mentions, which I was like, oh, this is interesting, that after the meeting with that couple, he told Angan to rent a boat for them to all use yeah. after the ceremony. And I was like, oh, I wonder what inspired you to rent a boat, like, <laughs> for the celebration. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very specific, Serkan Bay. Yes, it is. Um, but we get a break after this. Uh, and head yeah. back to Istanbul, right? Yeah. Should we just talk about this whole thing? Yeah, I was like, let's just lump this because we go back and forth so much. We jump back and forth with this. But I mean, basically, there's more Melo interview prep happening. Safety shows up and explains to Ifair the whole Idon situation. Well, yeah. not what happened, but just that something did. She has agoraphobia. Yeah. And, she, and that's why she wouldn't come over. Yeah. Right. She's not trying to be rude. She would come if she could. And so they all wind up getting ready to go to the Bolot residence. Cause right. I was like, well, you guys can't just leave me there on my own. You're coming with me. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah. You say that you're Edda's sisters from another parent, uh-huh. but where's basically where's your actions behind your yeah. words. <laughs> so they do all go to the Bolot home. The whole gang is there and Erdem shows up much yeah. to Moran delight 
because he didn't really make sense being there, but he needed something signed and he's got it all folded up. It's like, if this is an official document, you're really going to fold it up and shove it in your pocket. But he gets himself, he invites himself to sit down uh-huh. and eat with them. <laughs> Cause he's like, he's like, I don't Hunnam, should I eat with you? <laughs> She's like, well, are you hungry? <laughs> So oh, because they have good manners, they have to let him stay and they right. grabs him a plate. And he yeah. sits, of course, right next to Fifi. <laughs> and oh man. So basically Melo gets a phone call during this meal that her interview is now and it's basically happening like on Zoom. Yeah. Before that happens, we do get uh-huh. a little quick situation where Idon is asking where specifically they're from in Mardine. Mm. Yes. And both Melo and Ifair avoid the, the question. Uh-huh. So a, another interesting thing about Edda's background and the very big potential that she's loaded from mm-hmm. like the queen of the city or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so there's that, that was interesting. Cause they're like, okay, yeah. Oh, so you're from Martin. Okay. Where mm-hmm. specifically? And they're like, from inside. <laughs> yeah, from inside of Marden. <laughs> so you're right. That is, that's specific because yeah, they clearly avoid answering in detail. Yeah. Oh, and then Fifi's trying to get something and, <laughs> and Adam like stops her or something. And she's like, can you, she like gets all upset. And he's like, I really like aggressive behavior. <laughs> If these two actually fall in love, it will be the cutest and oddest pairing. It would be a huge coup for all the awkward guys out there. Like, uh-huh. hey, I—I I mean, I'm rooting for them personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I think he'll win her over. Um, so Melo then gets her phone call that she's right. going to be interviewed. She starts freaking out because she's like, "Well, we need to go. I don't have my computer." You know, it's kind of frantic, but Baba Bola is like, Safi, can you go get my laptop? And so that kind of solves the problem. Poor thing. She has to have this interview with everyone around her at the table. I know. So of course it flops. She's a nervous wreck. She's kind of just spewing off right off the top of her head. And, um, and, and on top of the fact that they were already looking for someone with more experience, they just weren't super wowed by her. They thank her that that poor thing is like really upset. Yeah. Ends up. Um, she kind of ends up running off to the horse stables to just drown her sorrows in chatting with the horses. <laughs> yeah. It's cute because Baba comes and finds her and yeah. he basically tells her that he was impressed by her. He loves just how she's open and honest and real and that that's admirable. And so if she really does need a job, there is an opening for an assistant yeah. at the holding. And she gets so excited, even though she barely knows this guy. She like hugs him and calls him uncle and, but I, he, I think he kind of revels in it. Like, yeah, very sweet. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that whole aspect. Um, that little side story happening. Granted, it's probably going to be terrible that now she works for him because Khan is only going to benefit even more from that. Right. You know, so I, I already see like the storm clouds over it, but it, yeah. it's very sweet. So. Yeah. So, um, 
we find out we have a little quick aside and we find out the article will for sure publish right before the awards mm-hmm. con calls the reporter and makes sure that's going to happen it's supposed to publish like 15 minutes right before mm-hmm. and then ed sarah gets back to the hotel Peril, of course bombards them and it's like, where have you been blah 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 and it's funny because Sircon's like well is everything in order and set and she's like yeah and he's like then this is pointless yeah like, so clearly it's not a big deal that they've been gone and out all night because everything's put into motion mm-hmm. yet it still makes things kind of tense between Ida and Serkan. Like, well, she's like, I think she feels bad. Cause you know, if they've been looking for him, she's like, it's my fault. And he's like, well, I didn't have to say yes. Yeah. But I, but it is interesting because he was the one who was going to leave in the first place. It wasn't her idea. Right. But maybe the implication is that since she went with him, that it took longer. Yeah. Cause they like stopped and swam and all of that. So maybe right. like he would have been back before everyone was awake. Maybe um, if she hadn't gone. Yeah. I just was kind of like, okay. It just felt very jilted. Like all of it. Like, I mean, I knew the bubble was going to pop, but I was just kind of like, this didn't feel natural. This, it just felt weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. If there it, had been like an issue, I would have understood it. Right. But there wasn't, but yet it still was like weird because then they go back, you know, bubble pops and, you know, he's like, um, he can, you know, he's confirming like, you're going to help me. Right. Like I need to talk to Celine later. You're going to distract Federie. And she's like, yes, yes trust me, it's to, it's to my benefit too. Basically like saying the sooner this happens, the sooner this engagement will be over. Yeah. Yeah. Yada. Yep. So, um, well, and she, she warns him cause this is before she like officially says, yeah, okay, then I'll, I'll distract Ferit. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know that Ferit understands everything and he's not going to leave Celine alone for five minutes. And he's like, With well, you. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's why you're going to help me. So they kind of yeah. get that all ready. Squared away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go back to get ready for this award ceremony. She's FaceTiming with the girls and <laughs> the timing. <laughs> Listen. I would have the exact same reaction. So I can't even give crap for this. Okay, so I had to rewind it because I thought that she said, because they're like, oh, uh, Melo asks her, yeah, so tell us, tell us, how's Antalya? And she doesn't answer. And they're like, Ida, hey, how's Antalya? And I thought she said, it's fine because I was distracted. I was, I was taking notes Mm -hmm. and then she gets distracted. But when I rewound it, she says it's on fire. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. They're like on fire. Cause that's when she has that weird look on her face. And she's like, I mean, hot, the weather's hot. I mean, it's hot here. (laughs) Because Serkan is shirtless. Yeah. And poor Edda is affected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she's literally in the, we were affected and it's on a screen thousands of miles away. She was literally in the room with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so she hangs up quickly and then he comes over and uh, kind of clears his throat and she stands up and I put, wow, he is affected. He literally tells her that she's beautiful like three different times. Yeah. Yeah. He's and like, he's like, thank you for wearing that dress. Uh, uh-huh. What does he say? He's like, 
He's like, well, the first he's like, yeah, you look beautiful. She says, thank you. He's Uh like, you look very good in this dress. Thank you for wearing it. And it's a red dress. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, well, you're also very elegant as always. And he's like, you really are very beautiful. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, holy wow. (laughs) So I wrote, I said, he says it like three times. He is gone. Oh, he doesn't man. realize it, but boy is done for. Yeah, he because I I just love it. I love that he's mm-hmm. like you. Look, you look beautiful, and then he's like looking uh-huh. at her, and he realizes, wow, yeah, she looks really uh huh. Like almost like the first response was polite, but then it was like, oh wait, I really mean that, and I need to make that clear. Yep. <laughs> yep. So they're headed down to the ceremony. It's about to start. Uh, Birol and Seville show up hand in hand. And this is when they say that, you know, they'll sign the contract after the ceremony. And yes. that, you know, what do you think about Edda working on the project? Yeah. And Edda is like shocked. Like, I love that she's not just like, yes, I will. I will. She, but she's just like, wait, what? You want me? Yeah. And Sarkon agrees. And. Well, and it's really sweet. He says, of, it's, they're like, Sarkhan, what do you think? And he's like, of course, I agree. Edda is very, a very gifted and strong woman. She can do anything. Yes, she can. Oh, so good. So, so then he is like, Celine, I need to talk to you, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, Edda gets the like, oh, I need to, you know, go distract Sari. So she goes and talks to him. And, but it's funny because they don't speak right then. Uh, Sarkhan's basically like, listen, I need to talk to you about how you're, and she's like, well then talk. And he's like, no, we need to talk later, like in private. And we need to talk about how the choices you make affect all of us. Yeah. And so clearly he's referring to Farid, but you know, she agrees to, she's like, okay, then I'll find you afterwards. So I'm like, well, wait, wasn't the whole point so that like he could talk to her now while Fedri is distracted. That's like, what I thought. I was so, like, that's weird that she already distracted Fedri if he's not even going to take advantage of these five minutes, the only right. five minutes that he needed. Here are exactly. your five minutes. Yeah. And then you didn't use them. Yeah. So I just thought that was weird because she agrees to find him after. Then it appears, you know, a couple minutes later and asks Sarkhan, like, is there anything else you need? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, ev- like everything is all is well. Thanks to you. Like, and she's like, okay. So she's like, all right, then I won't bother you anymore. I'll take my place. She kind of goes in the audience with the rest of the team. Yeah. And um, Sarkhan starts his speech. And while he's in the middle of the speech, that's when all hell kind of starts to break loose on the down low. But yes. did you notice he notices the team like while he's talking? He keeps oh, yeah. talking, but he totally notices something's up. Like they're huddled and like problem solving. Oh, from the start, he notices. Yeah. I think even yeah. when Celine gets the phone call from Khan, he's like, sees her walk away yeah so he's he's tuned in that something is not right right so uh he's giving the speech and Celine gets a phone call from Khan and he tells her about the article because she's like what did you do now yeah (laughs) and he's like oh I didn't do anything I'm just wanted to give you this information that would be really important for your client because there's this article that's just come out and I'm trying to help you. And she's like, bye con. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's just irritated completely. So of course she looks out, there's all these paparazzi and yeah. you know, um, Ada's even like, well, what are the paparazzi doing here? Well, Peril pulls up an article, the article. Yeah. 
And basically they replaced the whole chocolate plaz, plaz, claws, excuse <laughs> me. They, plaz is not, is plaz a word? Yes, plaz is a word, but it's not the word I was looking for. Um, is plaz a word? Is it? Plausible is a word. Okay. Huh. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up when we finish recording. <laughs> me. Anyways, the chocolate claws. Yeah. That was a cute thing is replaced basically with diamonds. So yeah. making it look like not only is she a gold digger, but Sarah Khan knows she's a gold digger, which is why this whole agreement exists in the first place. Right. You know, so clearly it's being, it's a marriage of convenience. They're not in love. It's a lie. It's this, it's that. And, and it's super upset. Okay. Why did she not fall asleep right here? I kept expecting her to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was, that, that was my first thought. I was like, she's going to fall asleep because mm-hmm. she starts freaking out mm-hmm. and she's getting really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this, this end of the episode, I was a mm-hmm. little bit like, uh, I have some, uh, some issues with this. Oh yeah. Okay. See, I totally was for the officer and a gentleman thing that happened, but I was just like, I, because of granted, we can't just make her fall asleep every time there's a conflict or we're going to get sick of that. Right. So, I get why it didn't happen. And I do appreciate that they acknowledge that because Peril's like, calm down or you're going to pass out. Yes. So at least they weren't pretending that that wasn't a possibility. Right. Um, so but it's a little, the, this seems way more stressful than Celine saying she's coming to dinner. Like, <laughs> yes, I yeah. will agree. I will agree with that. There's a, it's just a bit of an inconsistency is yeah. what I'll say. Yeah, um, it in, is in this being a character trait. And right. then of course it's only going to come up when it's convenient. So. <laughs> right. 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 So, you know, I love that Peril like reads the whole thing. Edda, like you said, is very upset because it makes her look like a horrible person. Yeah. And as much as, you know, you can claim to not think what people think of you. And for the most part, even, you know, that is the truth. Right. But I mean, something like this, there's no way for you to just not care. Like, right. Totally. You're being painted as this horrible gold digger. And I love it because she's practically in tears and she's like, what would I even do with that money? Like, I don't want it. And which is another implication that she definitely could have money if she wanted it. Yeah. Because. Like you wouldn't say that if you really were like dirt poor and could use the money. Like, right. Um, or if you don't know people with money right. and you don't know what that life is like, if she had no right. concept of what a rich right. person's life is like, right. she might be more inclined to be like, well, yeah, I'll take extra money. Yeah. Or oh. even the understanding as to why that would be printed. Like, well, of course it makes sense that they think I'm a gold digger, but she's like, no, it's like, this is horrible and offensive and I don't even want his money. What would I do with it? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I can't figure out Celine here too. I really can't figure out if she's in full damage control mode or if she is in partial damage control mode and partial, like let's feed her to the wolves. Like that's what I think. I think, think it's both. Yeah, I think that she's thinking that Edda will freeze mm-hmm. in front of the press. And I think that's partially why she's telling her to do that because she is very insistent. Very. To the point where even Peril is like, Edda, you don't have to do this. Angin, do the other- Angin and Peril are telling mm-hmm. her, don't do this. 
why, why would you do this? You're, you're not going to help the situation. And they're asking Celine, like, she's not trained to do PR and to talk to the press. That's literally your job. Exactly. So my anticipation would be that Celine is the one who goes and talks to the press because that's her actual job. Right. But she's like, well, they want to hear from Edda because this contract is about her. Like, so yeah, that's where I was kind of like, are you really just in damage control mode? And you really think this is the quickest way to stop the bleeding? Or are you still trying to take advantage of the fact that you can put Edda in a bad position? Because we also know, you know, we get that little flash from Edda remembering how shameful and like upset Sarkhan felt having to deal with the paparazzi or even have to answer about who she is. Yes. And, you know, and so that could totally, if she goes and talks to these guys, it could turn out Sarkhan could be like, what were you thinking? Why did you go talk to them? You know how I feel about this. Yep. Which is what part of me was like, is that what Celine's trying to do? Because clearly she knows how Sarkhan feels about the paparazzi too. Well, and Edda even brings that that up. Edda brings that up. She's like, what if I say something and then he gets mad about it afterwards? There, and she's like, I'll just fix it. I'll just fix it. That's my job. Yeah. But even though it's her job, yeah. supposedly Edda is the mm-hmm. one who needs to go and talk to the paparazzi. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Celine, you need to go. We need to call Olivia Pope. She would handle this, which I know you don't, you didn't watch Scandal, but um, yeah, I don't know who that anyways. is. So, <laughs> um, Olivia Pope would just handle this. So anyhow, well, but because of that flashback Edda has, which this to me, this was a big turning point for her mm. because to me, this says she genuinely cares about him Yeah, because she's willing to make that sacrifice of she's, you know, she's scared crapless. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she, doesn't, she doesn't know how to deal with them, but yet she's like, she gets this resolve about her. Like, I don't want him to be shamed again. So you know what? If I have to go and handle them and correct them then I will. And yeah. she starts, you know, gold starts playing and well, and I love it. Cause she's just kind of squares her shoulders and yes. she's walking with determination. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen here. Honestly, what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I thought Sarah Khan was going to grab her hand and they were going to go talk to the press together together. Yes. So the, but instead he ha- has clearly been watching what's been happening and he catches up with her. And as soon as he came in, came on screen, I was like, I knew he was going to come coming for her. He wasn't going to just let her be alone in this whole situation and deal with it herself, even though she was fully prepared to do so. And I yes. love that. I love that Me he's too. like, nope, we're on the same team. I'm right mm-hmm. by your side. That spoke volumes. I agree. So he grabs her hand, they run mm-hmm. away. Celine looks like she's about to pass out from crying. Mm-hmm. And he, now I don't have any problem with him picking her up. Because she had for no on. reason. Well, she had heels on and they were about to walk in the sand. He let her walk all the way on the concrete. All right. Hey, no, I'm not complaining. <laughs> At the moment, I was like, there isn't totally a reason for him to pick her up but the sand that that is a good point but i was like hey, i mean get her to get her man yeah. she could have slipped her shoes off but he's like listen we have somewhere to go you don't know where we're going so he is like we don't have time for this and he just swoops down and picks her up like she's a feather mm-hmm. 
deposits her in the boat and then (laughs) we Mm -hmm. hear a little background dialogue Mm -hmm. of what Edda had said at dinner about Mm -hmm. dreaming that somebody would just pick her up take her by her hands and take her away in Mm -hmm. the boat Mm -hmm. so that's what he does yep and there is I have all caps at this ending of all of my all of my notes hand grab run away cry Celine yeah I was like (laughs) the boat ah the end the fragments for the next episode like (laughs) uh yeah like because we got a fragment right away after the live and then okay we got a sec which is the one that they you know put out and then we got a second one before we recorded so I'm thinking we've seen both fragment. Well, I don't know if you've watched them, but um, I know I've you seen have one. Okay. Cause yeah. I know you've kind of been like, you like going into it blind. Not, yeah. Blind. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. And, uh, but I, but I did watch that one. And so I saw them asleep on the couch together. Oh, so you saw could, the most recent one. Okay. Could be a big hint about mm-hmm. him being able to only sleep with her around. Seriously. Seriously. I was so excited about that because I thought, okay, maybe now I'll get my, he can only sleep when she's near. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, I know I'm projecting a bit cause I, you know, we just read a book where that's like a big, thing. <laughs> but Thanks a lot, Hannah. Um, but I need it now. I need really it. Really, thank you. Truly. Yes, but really, thank you. <laughs> but like, but now I need it in my DZ. So yeah. So um, okay, here here is my my. Yes, I want to hear your I critique. Guess, yeah, critique is a better way to say it, or just it, like a critique lit. Like it's just yeah, a little one. It was just the whole hand grab, whisk away. Mm-hmm. I was like. Okay, Erkenji Kush, episode four. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The end of Fabri's party. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's all. I was just like, oh, this has mm-hmm. been done. I know the mm-hmm. boat obviously is different, but I I don't know. For whatever reason, that kind of disappointed me. Okay, um, that's fair. I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, I was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, this is, it, it felt a little recycled. But mm-hmm. I, well, maybe it's funny. I'm just, being I, I don't know maybe I'm just being yeah. too critical because at, at the same time like like I said I loved it and I'm like I love mm-hmm. that Edda was just gonna go up and do it on mm-hmm. her own but I like I, I feel like I almost would have preferred if he had just stepped in next to her and they faced and supported the music together. her mm-hmm. yeah yeah I get that it wouldn't have been as dramatic of an ending but it would have still put out a message yeah so, that's fair it's funny that you're bringing that up because like I was just talking with Giselle yesterday mm-hmm. and I was like, I, it was about by Yonlish, but she kind of pointed out like, well, yeah, you're complaining about that, but like, tell me a DZ that like, hasn't had that. Mm-hmm. Cause I was specifically talking about like the girl villains and how mm-hmm. they're basically just mean girls. They're not, you know, it's like, but she was like, okay, but like name a DZ that like doesn't have that, you know, yeah, like, it's a DZ you know, staple. Had, yeah. And I think that's exactly what she said. And so it got me to thinking like, you know what, you're right. Like if we, I'm going to try to do my best not to like pick apart. When you say re- repeated yeah. plot, plot stuff. Yeah, because, right. Because I mean, there's only so many plots. There are only so many tropes. Well, and, and when the episodes are this long, it's like yes. impossible not to repeat stuff. So yes. Yeah. yeah. They're literally, like we said, are putting out 
uh, longer than a movie every single week. Yeah. And, you know, and so whether they're borrowing their own material again, whether they're, you know, cause I've seen this, I've seen, I've never seen this DZ, but I've seen central Kapama rela- uh, related to Kirillik Ash several times now. Oh, uh, interesting. With certain things. So, you know, like it's just going to happen. And so I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like I need to just enjoy these things for what they are. Unless it's something yeah. like a super blatant ripoff. Like had they been at like a perfume party. Right. Sarah <laughs> was like jealous of the guy's attentions on Edda and he whisked her out while she's in like a coral gown. Like and he yeah. was like Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Like if it's that clear of a like. I'd be like, just- come on, Aisha. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So an actual duplicate. Like, I think just being like, look, we're going to see tropes and things repeated. Well, and that's, that's why they're tropes. They're, they're storytelling, um, they're storytelling devices. So it's, I I, I'm feeling the same way. Like, I'm like, I just want to, I just want to enjoy my DZs. So Mm -hmm. even the fact that it kind of irked me, I was like, man, why is this irking me? Um, but you know, we, we, can have our opinions too. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny that you brought that up and I was like, Oh, it's funny. It's kind of been like a theme the last couple of days. And I've been yeah. like thinking about it a lot. Like, okay, like I need to make it a point to like, just enjoy what I'm watching for what I'm watching. Like, yep. and, um, so yeah. Um, well, all that to be said, uh, I am very excited for six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've been recording for a bit, but I do want to read, um, what, what these folks, what these, oh, yeah. um, cause I was like, this is, this is cool. And some of it's like right along with like our theories and stuff. Um, but Erica wrote and, um, she said, you know, you know, where, you know, the scene where Ada and Sarah Connor stargazing, he asks Ada to choose between the two cups, you know, he ultimately gives her the blue one. Do you think this was a throwback to the previous episode? Um, you know, because red meaning love, blue meaning excitement. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, like, yes, I love that. Um, I love that we're all kind of like thinking the same thing with that. And then she's the one who also pointed out the whole cosmetic name and maybe there's like something there or maybe not, you know, like we don't right. know. Uh, but I love that she just put it out there and pointed it out. Um, and then we got a couple messages from Susie, which we've heard from her before. She's very sweet. Yeah. And one of them I had asked her, like, could I read this when we record? And then I completely forgot when we recorded uh, for volume four. But um, she said, um, uh, good morning, ladies. Uh, first of all, oh, she's just letting us know who she is on Twitter, too. <laughs> She goes, I have to let you know, I had no intention of following another DZ after EK, but then I thought, um, um, however, it must be Aisha's writing because I love S, uh, S Cheka so much. Uh, I have even started watching the Turkish non-subs just to see what happens. She goes, in terms of predictions, I love that Aisha has many layers with flowers. However, on a simple level, I think that each time Edda leaves a flower, she's leaving a little piece of herself for Sarkon. Hmm. I think that he's keeping all those flowers and somewhere down the road, uh, we're going to get a reveal of them pressed in a book or some personal place of his. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. So do I. And she says, also, I think that either Ada or her aunt will work magic on Serkan's mom and help her go outside of her home. Now, mind you, Susie wrote this on August 1st. So this is mm-hmm. long before these fragments came out for this episode six. 
Wow. Um, and she says, um, perhaps to the garden shop. I'm not sure. I feel that she is not bad underneath and will actually get close to Ada and her aunt in the end. Hmm. Uh, on Serkan's medical issues, I think he might have lost a brother, a twin perhaps. And again, this was even before like the Apollo stuff came out. And wow. she says, to, to a disease that was either undiagnosed and or the family ignored the signs and wrote it off to hypochondria. This may be why he's so concerned about tests and doctors. He might even have the same disease. Um, and then she just thanks us and was very, very sweet. And that then, would make sense if he has the same disease. Because yep. of him being so health health conscious. Yep. And maybe it's just about keeping it under control so mm-hmm. that it doesn't get to the point that it did with his brother. Yeah. So then she wrote us again this morning. It was just like, good morning. I can't wait to hear your podcast this week. We just saw the second fragment, which is the one you've watched also. Uh-huh. And she says, so I think I was right. And I do think that Ada will be the catalyst for Sarah Khan's mother to overcome her phobia and possibly uh, deal with her grief. Um, she says, also, this is so good. And I'm like, this never even occurred to me. She says, also, I have a grandmother prediction. I think that towards the end of the two-month contract, Khan will do something that financially imperils Sarkhan's business. Edda will then approach her grandmother for her money and use it to bail out the business, but then leave Sarkhan because she thinks that she is helping him to reconcile with his ex. Not sure if Sarkhan will know or find out later that Edda saved the family business, but I think there will definitely be a grandmother link. Um, she says also in my translation, grant, uh, it, sh- it showed that the grandmother actually lives in a quote vampire castle. So I think the family owns the same castle that Sarkhan was referring to when he went to dinner at her aunt's. That was huge my thing- prediction. Huge thanks to you both as always, Susie. So Susie, I love that grandmother prediction. And yes. I am totally here for that happening yes. because again, it would kind of play into my whole, well, maybe she flees to Italy, builds her garden, and then he goes after her to go just sit in her garden and feel her, whatever. So I just had to share that because I was like, I don't think I ever would have like guessed that, but I would be totally down for her. Finally, she would not go to her grandmother for herself, but she would do it for Sarkon. It would also be um, a very, it would be another, uh, what's, what am I thinking? It would be another, it would be gender bent, but mm-hmm. another Pride and Prejudice parallel because <gasps> of Mr. how Mr. Mr. Darcy, Darcy helps out Li- yes. Elizabeth's family without any, and it's a total secret. He pays because, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of Lydia because and of, Wickham, uh-huh. Wickham and mm-hmm. he g- takes it all care of, takes care of everything for them, but he makes sure to tell them, don't tell anybody. Uh-huh. So that would be another <gasps> parallel. I, oh my gosh. I need that to happen. Okay. <laughs> Aisha, I hope you listen to us by now because you should know how much we love you. So if that wasn't your plan, maybe it can be. <laughs> maybe. Um, so anyhow, that those were, I just wanted to read those. Cause I really, really loved that grandmother one. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we waited to record. Cause I wouldn't have had that letter to read today. So yeah, that's great. Anyhow, sorry guys. We've probably gone on for well over two hours at this point. Uh, <laughs> you guys don't seem to mind though. So I guess I won't apologize, but, um, yeah. So you know where to find us, uh, send us messages, find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at dizzy for dizzy. Um, shoot us an email, dizzy for dizzy podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. And yeah, if you guys have different theories or 
you know, whatever we want to hear that stuff. Um, totally. So, because, you know, we don't, we don't know, we're just doing our best guessing, but I would love to hear other perspectives or people who are yeah. like, well, about this, um, and stuff like that. So anyhow, um, I think that's it. Please rate review and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It really does help us. Mm-hmm. And, um, we love reading them. We read each and every one of them and appreciate, um, you guys taking the time to do that. And other than that, unless you have anything, Ashley, nope. Until next time. Good as shit is. Bye-bye.